Good morning, everyone. My name is Taylin. My pronouns are she, her, and hers. And our scripture today comes from Romans 10, 12 through 15. I am reading from the King James Version. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek, for the, sa for the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call on him in whom have they not believed? And how shall they not believe in him whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings to good things. The word of God for the people of God. Thank you so much, Taylan. And now, Pastor Juan Pablo. Thank you. I've, I've never been introduced before. I didn't know what to do with that. <laughs> Good morning. If you were here last week, I was a bit sick. And uh, I'm not today. I feel really, really good. So, we'll see. We, uh... I started watching this show on Netflix called Beef. Uh, you know, like episode three, they had like this worship scene and he starts bawling and bawling and bawling. I can't get that out of my head. Um, but over the last, last week I decided that my uh, TikTok page is gonna become a gay Christian, Latino, Spanish speaking TikTok. So I did my first one. Yeah, usually my highest viewed, my, high, <laughs> my highest viewed um, video at the moment is the one that says, how old are you? And I, I got younger than I am, so it had a lot of views. But a few days later, I woke up uh, to my phone, like, sending me some messages. And, um, and I had comments on my videos, which I normally don't. No one watches them. Um, <laughs> Um, and so I, I'm like, ooh, comments. And there were not very friendly comments. Um, and so I just thought, you know, I'm sure that there are a lot of uh, LGBTQ people. I see a lot of gay Christian uh, TikTok in English, but I don't see very many in Spanish that are from the neighborhood, from the country. And so um, uh, I just thought it'd be a great thing. But it was horrible. Um, and um, so, I, you know, I just didn't know. I said, well, Someone has to do it, I guess. And um, that, those things don't bother me anymore, you know, people saying something, because I'm that uh, nothing's going to change my mind about it. So um, I decided to keep going. But today's sermon series, and the sermon series we're continuing today is about that, like being a witness out into the world, being that person that shares um, good news in special ways. And so hopefully by time we're done, um, it's not something that you get really scared to do, um, and, but it is a command that Jesus gives us uh, to be his witnesses. Uh, so let, let's do that. Uh, let's pray. Um, God, we thank you for the stories that we all hold in our bodies, the histories that are rich in the ways that you lead us, in the ways that you love us, and the ways that, that you bring us into uh, realities of our own lives and who you are in them. I pray that uh, your spirit would move upon us this day uh, to, to hear your word and live it out in our lives. In your name we pray. Amen. 
And this is the scripture that we read last week. Uh, rather, you power from when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all of Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the world. And so, uh, the last week we went over what being a witness is. And um, as we go through a bit of sharing our faith, uh, I wanted to go over some of the fears of influence that I think that this scripture in Acts 1-8 is talking about. And the uh, uh, graphic should be um, above or behind me there. And so I think about it a little bit in the way that we think about Chicago neighborhoods since we're kind of very, um, very segregated here in the system, in the city. So Jerusalem in the center is me, like my um, personal encounter with God. But then right after that is the ones that we consider our people. They're the ones that um, think like us, act like us, speak like us. For me, that's the country dancers of Charlie's on Halstead on Wednesday nights. Yeah, you might not think so, but I love country music. And so I hang out with them, I dance, we do all sorts of stuff together. I know how to two-step and I know a variety of line steps. Um, you might not know it, but when we walk down the street, those are my people. Those are the ones that know exactly what I'm thinking when I hear a certain song. Um, they're close to me. They're geographically close. They're culturally close. We, we, um, we share the same kind of, uh, of, of, of habits that we do and kind of celebrations that we celebrate. And relationally, they're one amongst my closest friends. Again, Judea then are the same thing. There are people, but they're not exactly close to us. So I'll say that that is um, Hoedown in the Dunes in, in Michigan. They do it once a year. All the country dancers from all over the country come. And <laughs> I know, I love it. Um, they all, I mean, I could be anywhere in the restaurant and I'll be like, I'm like, ooh, that's my jam. <laughs> Where'd you get that hat? I love your butt belt, belt buckle. They're, we can talk to each other. We know who each other are, but we're not close like that. <laughs> but we can still hang, right? And so after that is um, uh, after that is Samaria. Now this is a little harder because these are people that are not geographically close to you, so they're not in your neighborhood, they're not in your area, they're not uh, culturally close to you, they have a whole different uh, set of values maybe, and relationally, you don't even know who they are. These are the people that like disco. I don't get disco, <laughs> I know, I don't like disco. Um, I music, I don't know exactly where to start with them. And uh, so for me, they are Samaria. They are the ones that are harder to deal with. They're a little bit trickier. And for the sake of what we're talking about this I know, it's not Boy George. <laughs> Say disco. Some of us like Boy George too. Um, the, for the sake of these next few weeks, I am talking about the first two sphere, spheres of influence. 
those other people that we know, those other people that are our people, they might not be directly here in Wicker Park, but even if you have friends, people that you see in Wicker Park and you live in this area, you can go to Yoke and tell somebody, hey, I know about this new bakery down the street, you gotta go to it. And you, you know the folks from your neighborhood, what I'll shop at. And so that's the ones that I'm talking about, just these two fears, spheres of, of, of influence for us. So don't worry about some go and talk to people that are out of your league, out of your area, out of your sphere. But here, Paul is writing a letter to the church in Rome. Um, it's his magnus opus, his crowning achievement, his letter that is, um, speaks about everything that he believes in his heart. And um, it's this letter that launched the Protestant Reformation. And it's, Got it. it's this letter that launches the Protestant Reformation. He didn't found this church. And he really never even visited this church, but he knows people in this church. And so he starts writing to them because he wants to continue his missionary work into the western parts of the Roman Empire. He really wants to go to Spain. But in order to do that, he has to make Rome his headquarters. So he writes them this letter. And he, it sounds like, um, if you read through it, it's like his resume and his bio and a self-recommendation letter all together. If you read it, he is convincing them that they need, he needs to be there, that he needs to uh, uh, use this place as a cap catapult for all the other ministry that's going to happen throughout the region. And, um, and he also is kind of putting this church together. So what happened in this church is that um, there are Gentiles that were the first ones that started the church. The Gentiles did because the Jews had been exiled. Now the Jews are returning into a whole new world where they're not the primary people of uh, followers of Christ. They are now coming into a church that's already been established by Gentiles who are very different from them. And so what does he do? He's trying to get them to come together. People from different cultures, different languages, um, different customs. And here in Romans, he's talking to them about um, how he thinks that all of these issues can be resolved. And he says it like this. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. But how are they to call on one, on one who they have not believed? And how are they to believe in one whom they've never heard? And how are they to hear without someone to proclaim him? And how are they to proclaim him unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. And so here Paul is saying there's no distinction between the Gentile and the Jew. If he were here at uh, Urban Village in Wicker Park, he'd probably say there's no distinction between a man or a woman or between a straight person or a gay person or between um, a Republican or a Democrat or between uh, someone that loves high church and someone that loves to be free uh, flowing in the Holy Spirit. He's saying that it's enough it's not enough to just put a sandwich board out in the front that says all are welcome on every Sunday. How else are people going to know that there's a place that is trying to do something different? 
a movement that it's about loving Jesus and loving each other and being comfortable in the uncomfortable and not having all the answers. How will people know about that unless someone tells them? And who's going to tell them, though? Me, he says, just me. This is how he ends that section of the letter. As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. And how is anyone ever going to tell them if we gather here for prayer, singing, and sermons, and coffee, and kids' ministry? But once we step out of those, the doors here, we're on mute, which is what we're talking about. But how beautiful it is when people who have had an encounter with God, an encounter with Jesus, that offer a word of encouragement to someone else if we don't do it ourselves, if we're unwilling to talk about our faith. People will never know the power there is in Jesus when there are people congregating with each other that all have a story to tell. And, and like uh, uh, Bill, my partner, says the word Pacific, and I'm going to be Pacific with you. You're the ones that have to do the work. You're the ones that have to go and tell. You're the ones that, that, um, that have to share the story with your friends, with your circle of influence. And so, um, and I can't do it. Believe me, I've been invited to gatherings. And once they see that the pastor has shown up, it gets really quiet in the room for some reason. And so I can't reach all sorts of people, but everyone has a unique relationship with each with other people. And you can do it. You're the ones that are, um, are here to, uh, to share that. And over the next couple of weeks, we'll share ways that you can do it. We'll send you some uh, text messages that you can send out, all sorts of things. Um, amen? Let's go and get it done. <laughs>